Hello, Door Creek. How's everybody doing today? Amen. I'm doing good, too. Yes. Ready to deliver what God has put on my heart. It is uh, exciting to uh, have the first time preaching since I've been hired as the, the new Northside campus pastor. So, yes, that's, well, amen. I was getting ready to get on you because last night they clapped right away when I said that. So, <laughs> But uh, it, it is, it's a blessing. We're starting a new series um, <clears throat> called Who is Jesus? And uh, Mark threw me right in first and said, well, you're going to get it started. So um, I'm, I'm hoping that I lay a great foundation for the great um, messages that will come um, during this series um, as, we, as we go on. So I'm thankful to God. I'm thankful for his, his wonderful blessings. And it is truly, um, <clears throat> it is truly my honor to be able to stand before you today. So, so thank you all for your warm welcome and everything. I truly do appreciate that. All right, so we're going to get right into the word. How about that? You guys hungry? Hungry for the word? All right. Let's look at, um, we're going to be coming from St. John, first chapter. And it's going to kind of be covering verses 1 through 18, but I'm not going to read all the verses. I'm just going to highlight a uh, couple of those, but just so you know where we're kind of coming from, 1 through 18, so you can kind of read that on your own time and let God continue to minister to you in that way. So we're talking about who Jesus is. Who is Jesus? And through this series, we hope that we give you some great answers or confirm what you already know and build on what you already know. Um, the book that we're studying is going to be John, the gospel according to John. Now John is being the, the fourth writer of the gospel. Each of the gospel writers depict Jesus in a, in a different way. Uh, Matthew, as he depicts Jesus as the Messiah, the king. Um, Mark depicts Jesus as a servant. And Luke depicts Jesus as um, son of man. And John depicts Jesus as the son of God. And so we're going to look into that and see how Jesus is the son of God and what Jesus brings us, what Jesus gives us, and how Jesus delivers the things that we need into our lives. Now, John, being the beloved son, the one that Jesus loved, was a part of Jesus' inner circle, right? Jesus had three, we call it favorite apostles, Peter, James, and John. He would always take them when, when he would want to get away from the other disciples. He would take those three, and they would pray. He would, he would share some, some things with them that the other apostles didn't get privy of. And so, they, John was in the inner circle, so he experienced a lot of things um, right there personally, that what Jesus was doing. So he, he's, he's, he has the authority to write what he is writing. John was beloved by Jesus. As Jesus was being crucified, Jesus told John to take care of his mother. He said, I'm, I'm leaving her, in so many words, I'm leaving her in your hands. So you know he's got to really love somebody. If you're going to tell them to take care of your mother, you've got to really have some trust for them. And so that's what John did. John's writings also covered, um, covered 21 days. So the Gospel of John covered 21 days of Jesus' public ministry. Now, his public ministry was three years, as we know. But the, John, but the book of John just covered 21 days. So it's filled with great miracles and great teachings and things that Jesus did. And John covered it in 21 days. And the things that Jesus did in 21 days, I don't think I've done in 21 years. But he's, he's, he's powerful, he's mighty, and, and he's the word. And we're going we're to see that. 
John also um, lived the longest. He lived the longest out of all the apostles. Did you know that? Yeah, and he died a natural death. When, when the others died by being martyrs, he died a natural death, outlived Paul. So he had a long life. Jesus loved him, so he let him stick around a little longer. That's a blessing. So, you know, get in good with Jesus, stick around a little longer. <laughs> so we, we appreciate um, John's writing. So we're going to jump right into it, um, the first chapter, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Look at that. It says, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So John opens it up as Genesis um, 1 opens, in the beginning. He wants to know that Jesus is not a new, new person that came on the scene. He's not this uh, new um, figure that um, we all should take notice of. He's letting us know in the beginning was the word. The word is Jesus. Okay, we understand the word is Jesus, logos, meaning this is Jesus, the word, um, the word perceived, the word uttered. This is Jesus, the word. It was there from the beginning. It's not something new. It's not something that somebody thought of. It's not that this, this man, Jesus, doesn't know what he's doing. He was there in the beginning. He was with God, and he was God. He's letting them know that everything about God is, is the same in Jesus. Everything about God you'll find in Jesus. He was the co-creator of everything. He knows. He, he made us. He created us. Therefore, he has the authority to take care of us. He knows what we love. He knows what we don't like. Therefore, he knows how to bless us. He knows what to keep away from us. He knows what your weaknesses. He knows what your strengths are. He knows what makes you stumble. He knows what makes you stand up tall. He knows everything about us because he was there in the beginning. He tells us to pray to the Father. He tells us to love the Father. He tells us to honor the Father because he was there from the beginning. And so we, John wants us to understand that, that Jesus is the beginning. He's from the beginning, and he's with God, and he is of God. Therefore, they are one. Even though we have the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, that they are, they are three, but they are one, meaning there's a unity. There's a togetherness. There's a, a one accord that Whatever God does, Jesus does. When God said, let us make man in our own image, if he, used, if he used our, who was he talking about? He wasn't talking about him and somebody else or that no one ever knows of. He's talking about Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Let us make man in our own image. So in the beginning was Jesus, was the Word, and Jesus was God, was with God, and the Word was God. So we have to make sure we, we take that personally, that when you begin to examine your life and you begin to examine the things that God is doing in you, make sure you understand that Jesus is that word and that word will solidify and will take care of me and no matter what it is that I'm facing, he is the authority on my life. I know sometimes we don't want to give others the authority over our life. But let, let me tell you, you can trust Jesus. He never made a mistake. He never makes a mistake. God never fails. He never fails. So who am I? Why, why would I flatter myself to think that he's going to make his first mistake with me? Huh? If God made his first mistake with me, then I, I'd go in history, wouldn't I? First man that God made a mistake with. No, God's perfect. 
God's word never fails. And you know why God's word never fails? Because his word, whatever he says, in the beginning, he said God created. God said, let there be light. That's his word. Let there be. If he says it, it happens. If he speaks it, nothing can stop it. The gates of hell can't prevail against it. Nothing can prevent it. Satan himself cannot prevent what God says. If God, came, if, 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 if God told me I was green, you all would look at me and say, you're not green. Oh, there goes God's first mistake. God's lying. God said he's green. He's not. He's brown. You know, as soon as God says you're green, guess what color I turn? Green, right? As soon as God says it, it happens. If God says it's, it's snowing outside, and we know it's not, as soon as he says, snow starts coming down. So when God speaks, you're victorious, no matter how you feel, no matter what your situation looks like, if God says you're victorious, guess what? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. All right, y'all talk to me a little bit here. Get some hallelujahs and some amens. Man, his word is true and his word is powerful. Enough. Amen. Woo. I love that. Amen. Well, nothing can stop his word. So in the beginning, it was always, the word was always there. The word never fails. Never fails. So then John goes on writing about him. He says, in him was life. It says in verse 4, in him was life. And the life was the light of men. The thief comes to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. But the Lord comes to give us life. How much? Abundantly. Abundantly. That means over and above. That means continuously. That means he gives us life. Of course, I know that sometime on this earth, our life, our earthly life will expire. But our spiritual life continues on. He gives us life abundantly. He just keeps pouring life into us. The more the world tries to suck out of us, the more God keeps giving us. The more we're beaten down, the, the better and stronger we grow. Remember the children of Israel, the more the Egyptians beat them and, and whipped them, the more they multiplied. The more they multiplied. So no matter what, we are, we are in him and he gives us life. And it says that life is the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, but darkness comprehended it not. Darkness cannot comprehend light. When light comes on, darkness flees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was dark in here before they turned the lights on. When they turn the lights on, darkness is no more. So when the light of Jesus, the light of the word, the light of the gospel comes on in our lives, darkness runs and flees. We are the light. Jesus is the light, capital L, and we are lights of Jesus. That means we are plugged into a more powerful source than ourselves. We have energy only because we're plugged into the source. These lights are only on because they're plugged into a more powerful source. You can have beautiful chandeliers and beautiful light bulbs and all of that and the sockets and all of that. But if they're not plugged into MG&E or Alliant, they're, they're no good. Right? So we can, we can look as good as we want and we can sound as good as we want. But if we're not plugged into the source, which is Jesus, 
the power of the Holy Spirit, then our lights are nothing. We have no power to shine. We are lights. City on a hill cannot be hid. We are light. Good is it if we are light to the world. Jesus said we are the light of the world. He's the light of the world. We are also the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. So what good is it if we are all lights? What good are we going to do if we're, if we're in a room full of everybody who's a light? Who are we helping? If everybody came in here with a bright light, we would probably turn your light down and blind each other. But what is, when, when is a light most when, is, when, is, when, when, when the light is used, it's, be, it's best used in what? Darkness. When it's darkness. So I guarantee you all of us are around people in darkness sometime in our lives, sometime during our day, right? Yeah. So if we let our light shine, we can help them see what God is all about, what Jesus, what the gospel is all about. If we let our light shine. He said, let your light so shine that men may see your good works and glorify the Father in heaven. So we have a responsibility to let our light shine. Lights are used to expose. If you go into, if when I go into my room, my bedroom at night and the light's off, I have to make sure I try to memorize where things are so I don't fall and trip over it. But when I turn on the light, I don't have to think as hard because I can see it. The problem is sometimes that we're walking around in darkness or others are walking around in darkness and they can't see the danger ahead of them, the danger before them. But if the light is on, then you can see, you can, you can, you can inventory everything that's in there. So the Lord is saying, let our light shine. Let it shine. Let it shine constantly. Don't be a flickering light. Don't be a strobe light. You know how strobe light it makes everybody look like this. Be a constant light, a light that shines. Maybe, maybe you're not as, as, as a, a 60 watt, maybe you're a 40 watt. Whatever you are, be the best you are by letting your light shine. God's never comparing us to others. He just said, I want you to be everything that I made you. Be a 40 watt. <laughs> Amen. Don't get jealous of the 60 watt because the 60 watt is God made it a 60 watt because it needs to do a little bit more. But be the best 25 watt that you can be. But be all you can be. Light shines. It exposes. It exposes the devil. It exposes hatred. It exposes fear. It exposes racism. It exposes everything that's against God. When the light comes on, you can name it. You can see it and you can name it. You don't have to wonder. You can name it because you can see it. And that's what the gospel does. It awakens you. The good news. Gospel means good news, doesn't it? Good news. Yeah. And how many of us like to share good news? Oh, you find out good news, you call your mother, you call your father, your brother, your sister, even your enemies. And you let them know the good news. Well, the gospel is the good news. We have to spread the gospel. Sometimes it's easier to spread or more, much more enjoyable to spread the gossip than it is to spread the gospel. But we need to spread the good news of Jesus Christ, the good news that Jesus saves, the good news that he'll pick you up and turn you around, the good news that he'll give you joy in the place of your sorrow, 
the good news that he'll give you strength to make it through whatever it is you're, you're struggling with. The good news is that we all know we're going to have issues, but the good news is that you're not alone. you got Christ on your side. You can talk to him because he was in the beginning. He knows about everything. He's the expert on everything. He's from the beginning. So let your light shine. Let the good news shine through you. Tell somebody about the good news. Let somebody know. And listen, when you share your testimony about the good news, don't be afraid to let people know about your own struggles that you had in life. Now, you can't tell everybody everything. you got to be careful who you tell because some people will take your business and spread it, right? But you got to let them know that you also struggled in your life. And look what God is doing. Not perfect. He's still working on me. I still got issues, but he's working on me. Please be patient with me. God's not through with me yet. I stumble and fall sometimes, but I don't waddle in it. I get back up. And God's mercy helps me get back up. He's the light that shineth. Darkness can't comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Now, this is not John the writer John we're talking about. This is John the Baptist. <coughs> this is Jesus' cousin. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light and that all men through him might believe. John, uh, John 3.16, we all know that. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So, whoever believed in him. Now, look at the word believe, and I understand that it's not just a matter of only believing. You've got to also act in faith because the, the demons also believe and tremble, right? They know who God is. They know how powerful Jesus is. They know that Jesus can do anything he wants to do. The demons know that, but the demons don't have faith. So we've got to turn our belief into faith. Faith is an action, right? Not a feeling. Faith is not a something coincidental. Faith is an action. It's an intentional action. So we have to realize that we have to believe, but we got to do something with that belief. We've got to act in faith. So he came so that those that might believe could be the sons of God. John was not that light, but he was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. So we have that light through the gospel and through Jesus Christ, through God our Lord and through our Savior. But in order for us to get that light, we have to believe and we have to act in faith to receive Jesus Christ for what he's done for us. All right? Now, when John the Baptist came to announce Jesus' arrival, this is when Jesus was starting his, getting his public ministry, was was, was beginning, and um, John the Baptist baptized Jesus, and, and the dove descended on Jesus and said, God said, this is my son and who I am well, this is my beloved son and who I am well pleased with. This was the beginning. From before this time, Jesus was sort of, um, I like to use the phrase, he was, he was sort of a closet savior, Okay meaning he was in the closet with his messiahship, with his kingship. So now, after 30 years, it's time now that God has sealed him with the Holy Spirit and all of that. Jesus is now coming out of the closet and saying, I am the king. I am the great I am. I am the one that you're looking for. I am the messiah. I am the savior. I am the Lord. 
And so now he's out there. And John is announcing him. John is saying that, you know, don't look at me. Um, I'm nothing. I'm just making the announcement. You know, you, you came to see the real band. You know, don't, don't, we just open it up for the real band. I'm just opening it up. You know, we, we're kind of amateurs, you know, but, you, you know, the headliner, you know, you, that's who you're looking for. Everybody pay their tickets to see the main one, not to see, you know, these little local groups come and do their thing. So John is saying, I'm just a local group, but you wait. You just wait. Hold on to your seat because the real king is coming. The one that's got all power, the one that is going to save you, the one that's going to do great miracles, the one that's going to deliver, deliver his people. He said, he's coming. He said, whose shoes I'm not even worthy to unlatch. He said, he is coming. I can't even walk in his shoes. Jesus is coming. So he's making this great announcement that the Lord is coming to bring hope, to bring peace, to bring joy, to bring strength, to bring victory to his people, to all those who believe on his name. He is coming to give life and life more abundantly through the gospel, through the good news of Jesus Christ. He's coming. So John's excited about it. He said, I get to baptize him. My cousin, I get to baptize him and I get to lead him out into the public ministry. And it says as soon as Jesus went out, he was tempted. The devil was right there to tempt him. But thanks be to God who gives us victory. Hallelujah over the devil. Mm. God gives us victory over the enemy because we have the word. David said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Your word is a light to my path, a lamp to my feet. Word will guide you. The word will direct you. The word will get you back on the path. The word is better than a GPS system. Ah. Have you ever had that GPS system take you to somewhere that didn't exist? <laughs> yeah. It didn't tell me there was a river here. Yeah. The word will direct you. The word will tell you roadblocks. Word will tell you slow traffic there. The word will tell you don't get around these people because they 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 moving in the wrong direction. The word will separate you from those that you don't need to be around. The word will put you in the company of those that you do need to be around. And a lot of times it will put us in the company of people we don't want to be around, but the word wants us to be around. And it will separate us from people that we want to stay with, but he wants us to be separated. But trust the word. Because in the beginning was the word. The word was with God, and the word was God. So the word knows what he's doing. Trust him. Finally, John writes about Jesus is full of grace and truth. Jesus is full of grace and truth. And truth. Grace, unmerited favor of God. We have grace. We don't deserve it, but we have it. We have grace when you, when you, when you, have, um, when you have a loan and your payment is due on the first. You don't pay it on the first. You go, oh, my God, I didn't pay it on the first. There's a grace period of 15 days. 
they don't penalize you. They give you about 15 days to, you know, before they consider you late. Grace. You don't deserve it, but God grants it to you. Grace. Different from mercy, as we know. Because grace gives us unmerited favor. We don't deserve it. And mercy keeps us from what we do deserve. Grace gives us what we don't deserve. Mercy keeps us from what we do deserve. If I do something and I deserve this, mercy will help me. God would have mercy. And we talk about truth. Jesus is the truth. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He's the truth, the word of truth. The truth cannot lie. The truth is the truth. And Jesus is that truth. I had a dream once <coughs> a while ago when I had begun to get really interested in community ministry, to really begin to get in the community and, and begin to um, work and help and minister to people. I had this dream one night, and in this dream, I was, I was carrying the gift of God. I had, it was like a gift in my hand, and I was taking it to different people's houses and, and delivering it to them. So in this, in this particular dream, in this dream, I was walking through these this sort of slum area, a very slum, slum area, and there was there were poor cats laying around with hardly no no fur on them, no hair on them. It was just you could see the ribs, you could see their skin, and just just laying all around in the in the hallways and things like that. And I had to step over them in order to get to the people. And I was a little intimidated and fearful that they were going to attack me, even though they were so weak they couldn't do anything. But it was just what they looked like to me. So I was stepping over them and going to the people's knocking on the door and deliver them the gift. And the people would say, oh, thank you so much. You, you've made my life so much better. And you have truly been a blessing to me. Thank you so much. And I kept going from house to house delivering this gift. So as I was leaving, I kind of looked back on my shoulder and there was a cat. And you can always know it's dreams. The cat was talking to me. You know, dreams really go there. But the cat was talking and was yelling at me saying, look what you've done. You've brought hope and peace to all these people. You know, just really giving me the goal. You know, just look what you've done. You make us sick. And just, you know, and I'm like, ooh, wow, I hope it don't come and get me. And so as I was walking to my car, the cat jumped out of the window and it started running toward me. And I'm looking back, you know, trying to get to my car. Trying, and the cat just dove at me. And I looked back and I saw the cat coming. And I'm like, oh, my God. This cat's going to jump on my neck, on my back. And as it got right before it landed on me, it turned into a butterfly and flew away. Oh. I woke up from that dream saying, God, what did that mean? And the Lord broke and I said, well, butterfly represents new life, transformation, newness. He said, and you know what the cat, the poor looking cat represents? Demonic spirit. Not that cats mean that, because you, all you cat lovers, okay? I'm not saying you got demons in your house, okay? That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that what I perceived in the dream, these poor 
cats, these starving cats, were not nice. They were, they were demonized. And they, were, they wanted me to stop doing what I was doing. And so, but the, but the butterfly, Jesus, so the message the Lord was giving me is that keep doing what I've called you to do. Regardless of what you see and what may intimidate you. If I've given you the authority to do it, do it. If you got to step over some cats, if you got not step on people, but if you got to step over people, if you got to navigate your way through the crowd like the woman did that was with the issue of blood, you do what God told you to do. Don't let circumstances intimidate you. Keep going, and the life that you touch and the demons and the enemies that are trying to prevent you, keep letting your light shine because they will experience new life on wings because of your light and because of the gospel that you're sharing. Amen. Now, you might not always see it. You might not always see them make that transition, but trust God. See, it's not the church's job to save people. That's God's job. It's our job to spread the good news. So keep doing what you're doing. If God is calling you to the north side of Madison, hello, you know, <laughs> don't let poor cats scare you. Just step over them and make your way to the north side. <laughs> Amen? And God will bless you. Amen. All right. I'm a little recruiting here. But do what God wants you to do. But today, as I close, today, maybe you haven't made a, de uh, a decision for Christ. Maybe you've kind of straddled the fence a little bit. Maybe you've been a flickering light, well, screwed in all the way. I mean the bulb. <laughs> so screwed in all the way, and it just, you know, that's frustrating. A light. I got one of those at home that every now and then it's just, boop, 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 you know, got to go screw it in. Maybe you've been not in a serious enough relationship with Christ. And I want to pray for you today that you will solidify that relationship. Maybe you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior. And I want to pray with you today that you will give your life to Jesus and say, I want to be saved. That when the question is asked, who is Jesus? I want to be able to say, he's my Lord. He's my Lord. And after we pray, after service is concluded, um, the prayer room will be open. And maybe you, do, maybe you desire to go in there and pray with someone. Maybe you don't want to do it here with everyone else. Maybe you want to go in the prayer room and you want to pray with someone there and give your life to Christ. But we're going to pray. So I'm going to ask you all to bow your heads, close your eyes, please. And if you're here in this room and you, in any of those categories you fit, just repeat these words after me. Dear Lord, I confess that I'm a sinner. Forgive me for all my sins. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He died for my sins. He rose for my life. Today, by grace, through faith, I am now saved. In Jesus' name.